SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Remember to let us know where you are listening and send us a text to ask us a question 0426307269. Robbie the Guru Hale particularly likes the local footy question, so if you have an NTFL one, send that one through. Um, we'll talk a bit about AFL at the moment, Rob. That's where all the excitement is. The Collingwood and Melbourne game we touched on last week, we will talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. that because we have heard from some influential people in the football industry about their opinions on Braden Maynard. We haven't really discussed the Maynard stuff in, in too much depth, no. um, but we'll talk about that game a little bit later. Carlton 11-8-74 defeated Sydney 9-14-68. The Blues looked far better in the opening half, and by halftime it sort of looked like they could potentially run away with it. Um, but Sydney fought back really, really hard. Harry Mackay's goal-kicking woes continued, and he was eventually substituted out of the match with a concussion. A few things to unpack here, but what did you think of that game? Yeah, definitely um, Carlton come out really strong, like we sort of expected, but uh, it was great from the Swans to fight back and make it a cl- uh, close contest, and definitely looked like Swans were, you know, Swans were definitely coming as well towards the end there, Clarky, weren't they? So mm-hmm. um, I think it's interesting. Um, we'll just have a discussion off air, but I think both sides are going to be in some punters' predictions for top four next year, maybe more so Carlton. But it's interesting now where we see Swans as well. Mm. Bit of chatter about John Longmire and his tenure at the Sydney Swans and whether they will learn anything from, or whether they need to learn anything from Damien Hardwick's departure from Richmond. Do you think that John Longmire will still be Sydney's coach in the next three years, or do you reckon it's now time they start looking at that succession plan? They've obviously got Dean Cox there as a senior assistant, and from what I gather listening to some quotes, I think they've already earmarked Dean Cox as the next coach of the Swans. So where do you see John Longmire Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think probably it's happening something along those lines that uh, Longmire is going to hand over to Cox in one or two years, um, is what my prediction is. And I think that sort of seems like what's going to be done. Is that mm. what your vibe is? Especially I reckon so. You normally when you have a really strong assistant coach that's sought after from other teams and mm. they stay and sign extensions at their club, I get the impression they've had some kind of wording or at least think in their mind that they're potential senior coach candidates. Um, so I reckon that's where that's at with with Cox. Um, obviously it's hard to tell. I, I can't give an opinion about how good he is as a coach because I've never been coached by him. I've never heard any stories or anything like that. But mm. definitely had a good career come as, an, you know, as a dominant ruckman from a rookie. So probably that hardworking type. Um, but yeah, that's probably the way I think it's going to go. Uh, Harry Mackay, his goal kicking was shocking. Now, I don't want to be like you know, the other 50,000 people watching and, oh, gee, these professional players getting paid a million dollars a year and can't kick those guys. I don't want to really go down that route, but he's a man that is so devoid of confidence, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting because even hearing, uh, speaking to a couple of AFL boys about some of their training resumes, um, regimes, sorry, um, resumes, um, regimes, um, they don't. They do a lot of group sort of training and stuff, and they don't really focus on their own key areas. And it just seems out of sorts. It just doesn't make sense for a bloke that's a key forward on 800 grand a year to have shots con- consistently be this poor in front of goal. It's it's very mm. it's a very strange world we live in. Um, you couldn't see this happen in the 90s and early 2000s. There was a couple of lot players. Richo. Maybe. Yeah, Richo, and um, I think Lance Whitten used to get a cop a fair bit of criticism and players like that. Lance. But you know, look, there was a lot of real dead-eyed dicks back in the day, and it sort of yeah. something something's happening, isn't it, Clarky? Like, well, it's got to be psychological. I know this is the age-old debate, but everyone will say, you know, have your hundred shots at training, but I just can't 
help but think that Mackay's marking the ball and that's all he's thinking about. Hey, I've had 100 shots at training during the week. I kicked 95 of them. This has to go through. It's all for nothing. And it's just probably compounding the issues. But it's got to be a psychological thing. He's not a bad kick of the football in general. He hasn't got like a terrible ball drop in general. But mm. putting five, ten metres out straight in front and all of a sudden, you know, he might as well be on the boundary. Oh, yeah, so, exactly. Interesting one. Uh, I thought Blake Akers was pretty good for the Blues yep. last week. George Hewitt was pretty good. Um, Sam Walsh had his 29 disposals. Paddy Cripps had 21. Uh, seven clangers, though, for Cripps. Um, Jack Martin will miss through suspension. I don't think there'd be any debate there, really, about whether he deserved weeks for that one. The little strike. Yeah, no. Probably he was lucky there. to get it down 2-1, to one, so that was, good. that was a win for him there. Yep. Uh, we'll move on, because we will talk a little bit more about Carlton uh, when we preview their clash tonight. Um, but Greater Western Sydney, 15-11-101, defeated St Kilda, 11-11-77 in the elimination final at the MCG. Before we go to the Giants, how do we assess St Kilda's season? Uh, we will talk to Raph Clark when he is back in the studio and get him to do a full wrap-up on where he sees the Saints. But what do you think? Where do you where are they at? Um, I, guess, I guess what I'll say, Clark, is that uh, it's externally, what we what we think externally is, I think, is a common thing is that people think St Gilda's list wasn't strong. Mm. So that's going to be sort of what we decide as well moving forward. Um, I do think their midfield is lacking. Um, they like that skill, really. High-level like midfielder. Yeah, like a hybrid inside-out. Like They've got some skill on the outside with Brad Hill and a couple of others there. The wings are pretty good. Even Mason Wood, not the most skilled player, but a good wingman. But their on-ballers seem like toiler types, you know, Brad Crouch and Jack Steele and good hard workers, but maybe not as classy as... You know, the Josh Kellys and players like that that they're up against, as they were last week. Yeah, and I found it very strange. You got Ross Lyon, who's one of the best defensive coaches, and how he let Josh Kelly just run right in that first half. It, it sort of was pretty evident early, and I don't know. I thought I thought that was strange as well. Um, he had the two goals, and they might have done a clamp on him a bit in the second half, but the damage was done by then. Um, they just have them workmanlike players, but the assumption is is that they've got you know that they they haven't got a great list to work with, and what Ross has done is is quite you know magical but let's see how this pans out next year because you know finals would be expected to get again and they're going to get a couple of uh, players mm. um come over as well so liam henry's obviously nominated them um and no doubt they'll target a couple of other players i think that i'm very impressed with their, they've got four players and i might be missing someone here but they've got four players under the age of 20 or who i think will have long careers and that is Marcus Windhager, Naziah, Wanganin Malira, Mitch Owens, and Matthias Filippo. So all of those players played the, the bulk of the year, played in the final. Um, and I reckon they're the players you build around, those four players. you can, you can, know, you, That's the start of a core, four really good players uh, under the age of 20. So hopefully that's them. I do think their players aged between 22 and 28 aren't great. They're not terrible. They're a team, I think, you know, somewhere between... 11, 12, and, and 6 where they finished this year. Mm. Um, so they're a tough team to place. They could be, you know, are they a young team that's going to be on the rise and that's going to constantly improve? Or will there be a bit of a, a drop-off period, um, you know, when some of these other midfielders retire? Not that they've got stars that are going to retire, but when Steele and Crouch and these guys get a couple of years older, um, do they have that midfield depth to sort of push in there? You know, they would be hoping that by that stage, Filippo is playing more in the midfield and Owens is playing more in the midfield, I would suspect. Um, but yeah, an interesting, an interesting yeah. club at the with, moment. With um, Wanganin Malira, I reckon he's, you know, he had a really, you know, he did start okay, but then he's had a really big second half of the year. 
Definitely for the fantasy players. Uh, I wonder what's for next season. Well, he's not that far off all Australian next year. That's a big call. No. I'm going to predict his that his skills are high. high. Uh, he had 560 touches for the year. That's mm. that's solid numbers for a kid in his second year. Yeah, and learning from Jack Sinclair as well. He's one of the best halfbacks in the comp. Yeah, and, and even like Brad Hill, not a halfback, but you know mm. just the way he runs and, and links up. I think St Kilda's almost the best place for someone like him to be. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. Obviously, the Giants... Last week were quite handy, 24-point winners. Let's have a look at the stat sheet there. Kelly, as you mentioned, 27 touches, two goals. Lockie Ash was really good, 31 disposals. Ten of those were rebounds. Um, Tom Green, love watching his work, 35 disposals. I did say, I think I've said it on the radio. I hope I said it on the radio so I've got some proof. But I said about uh, 12 months ago, or maybe even longer, that in my opinion, if there's anyone that's not there yet, that's outside of, say, the top 20 players in the comp that could one day be the best player in the comp, number one, it's Tom Green. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be there, but I said if there's anyone outside of that 20 that could push himself there, I just see him as like a slightly more dynamic version of Paddy Cripps. So, watch this space, I suppose. He'll be stuck out in the wilderness playing for Greater Western Sydney unless they can win some finals, but a very good player. Had nine inside 50s on the weekend, five tackles, 17 contested possessions, which was not a game high. Jack still had 18, but it was just behind that. No, sorry, Rowan Marshall had 22. Jeez, that was a big game. 31 touches for the Ruckman. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Tommy Green, excellent last week. The Giants will play Port Adelaide, so another tough assignment for them. Two away trips in a row, but we'll sort of go into that game a little bit later. Um, did that result surprise you? Uh, the, the Giants one. Nah, I think uh, it surprised me a little bit. I had I tipped Giants. Giants were short price favourites. I think a fair few people short tipped price Giants. Favourites were they? I know they're uh, in not favourite short price favourite, but they the they favorites. were favourites. Yeah, so favorite. I, I just thought the, their top end talent was a bit better, and their bottom end players just play roles. And obviously, it was sort of set up for St Kilda at the G and that sort of thing, having the home final. But just shows how tough the Giants are. And you know, I think there's a few punters tipping them this week against Port. So. Mm. Um, I don't know if I, I am still undecided. I'll probably decide later on that one. How far is Adam Kingsley off the coach of the year? Um, I think what Fly McRae's done probably takes the reins. Just how far out in front they were after you know about around twenty. Um, but he's right up there. Do they do that award after the grand final? Like I was going to say, maybe mm. Fly needs to like if. If Collingwood lose in a prelim, it might be hard to say Fly yep. as the coach of the year just because of the expectations and stuff. So that might be where they when they hand that award out. Yeah, it can be a bit of a game and award. You can just always just give it to the you know the bloke who won the flag and that sort of thing. Um, mm. You know, so there should be one for the regular season perhaps. And um, I think Kingsley's right in the ballpark for that. I don't know where you had GWS. I think I probably would have had him fourteen to sixteen. So two things here. You used the word gammon, which is great, because 99% of people listening to this won't know, and if you're from Darwin, you will know, so all good. And then uh, our producer, Ollie, said it should be a regular season award, and you parroted that. I disagree with both of you. Why? Explain yourselves. Um, I mean, you could do a regular season one in the aspect of it's just not the coach of the year because you win the flag or you finish high up in the ladder. I mean, I think that's been the way it's been previously. Um even when we're done our NTFL Coach of the Year, it's always been done at that sort of pay, you know. Mm. Um, but that's natural, isn't it? Like, most yeah. all Australians have players that play in flag teams. Like, I'm not disagreeing with it overall, but I just think that you can still take into account. Like, if a player... Does a coach say if they have a team that's, you know, struggled with injury, but he's able to get them into the finals, and, you know, and they're, like, say, seventh or sixth or something, if he can then take that team and win a flag, I think that should be counted and as Coach of the Year award. 
Yeah, I, I just take into consideration. So. I, I think just to do that is quite difficult. If you have such a low talented side to even get them to finals is a massive achievement. I think. Mm. So like a Ross Lyon as well um, could be in the category. Um, you know, you Ross Lyon, Fly McRae. But if you're comparing, Kingsley. let let's let's take all that out of the equation. If we're going to ask the question, say who's been a better coach this year out of Craig McRae and uh, Chris Fagan? Don't you think it's important to at least see how the finals play out? I think it does. I think for those guys it does, but not for the bottom end guys. No, not for the bottom end guys. Yeah. I agree with that. Their job's already done. Like someone like Adam Kingsley's job is mostly done. You know, taking a team that many people thought would be bottom four to winning a final. If he loses this week, even if Port smashed GWS, there's not going to be much negativity. Yeah, well, we also factor in that, you know, there's a, there's a, a, there's a, a lot of um, player awards. Um, you could do an end of season, um, end of regular season or coaches award and then do one at the end of the year. Um, which, which, which is pretty we are logical. Though saturated with awards, aren't we? Yeah, but it's a coaching one. Um, it's a lot of playing ones. There's not, not a whole lot of coaching ones. But preseason the coach pl- of the year too. The Who's coach the of the year out? is pretty obvious. Then, if it's just they're going to get the Jock McCall medal, they're going to get they win the premiership, so then they get coach of the year. It happens every year. So it's sort of having one at the end of the year. The regular season um, well, wouldn't, no. wouldn't go astray. I don't. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I don't. I reckon Collingwood win the flag this year, and I'm still going Kingsley. That's my. That's that's where I'm at. I know it's a big call, and oh, how can you say that, and this and that, but I don't know, maybe even Voss, if Carlton can win another final. To go from a team that everyone was like, all right, does Voss need to go, do we need to sack him, to now Carlton will finish the season with many people thinking, oh yeah, they'll finish top four next year, who knows, maybe even a premiership. So that's what I'm looking at. I do agree with you, it's a lazy decision. It's the same as putting whoever wins a Coleman medal as your full forward in the All-Australian team. It's, it's lazy, and it's generally done by default most years, but... It doesn't have to be that way, Robert. And you got Hinkley. Um, he was, you know, wasn't even really offered a contract True. and was yep. coaching, and then he finished top four. But then if they go out in straight sets, how's he looking? Yeah. Um, there's lots of different arguments to no, make, and it's definitely He's, opinionized. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, we could probably keep going about that. As, like I said last week, I'm just looking at that ladder again. Pretty crazy, hey, how 14 teams won at least 10 games. That's like, there were mm. some teams, I've seen teams where, uh, sorry, years where teams have made the finals on 10 wins. 10 wins, 12 losses, and they've made the finals on that. Um, yep. You know, scraped into eighth in percentage. So to finish 14th on 10 wins when you're the Dockers, um, yeah, really interesting stuff and a really, really good... Uh, showing of where the AFL is at at the moment. Rob, I reckon we're due for a break. We will reload. Yep. We've got to talk about the Brisbane-Port Adelaide game still. Um, obviously, the finals games of this week's. We have heard from Michael Voss and Josh Dacos and Max Gorn, so we might have to see what they have to say during the week. The Braden Maynard stuff was the biggest talking point, and we haven't touched on that, so we're mm. going to have to get around that as well. Yep. Stay with us here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing.